Welcome to the end of religious Christianity. If you're truly born again, you've got the joy of the Lord inside of your spirit. You've got power inside of your spirit. My gift from God is to move you into your spirit, man, where God is, where you know all things, where things present and things to come are yours. Come with me into the kingdom of God. Hey church, welcome back to the Kingdom Dynamics podcast. I started this podcast because I could see in the Christian church that you can be Christian and be outside of the kingdom of God. How is this possible? Well, Jesus said at the end of the age, the angels would weed out of his kingdom everything that is wicked and everything that is evil. Jesus said that at the end of the age, the fish would be separated, the good from the bad. Matthew 13, chapter 13, verse 40 says, As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. Most Christians are in a religion that is not the kingdom of God. Germany had two governments. One was communist and one was democratic, capitalist, until the wall came down. There are currently two governments in America. There's the executive arm being run by Donald Trump and his wartime military. And then there's the deep state that is running the government from Washington and from the global markets. The COVID and all that has been created to to try and really cause an overthrow of the US government. So what I'm saying is your mind needs to be renewed. Jesus Christ came into a very religious system with this one word, repent. He came into a religious system and said to change your thinking. The Christian church thinks that they don't need to change their thinking. People said, Peter said that the Christians would forget forget that their sins were forgiven and that they've been cleansed from their sins. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. So 2 Peter chapter 1 is saying that if you're not adding to your faith, if you're not adding to your faith knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love, then you have forgotten that you've been cleansed from your sins. And the Bible says it's in keeping with repentance. So repentance is an ongoing thing. Matthew chapter 3 verse 8 says, Jesus said, produce fruit in continuing or keeping with repentance. We know that the church in Revelation was told to repent, to change her thinking. The church, the Bible says in Hebrews that a father disciplines those he loves. So he is disciplining you. He is pruning you he is correcting you and he is rebuking you and he is 
commanding you to repent. Now this really troubles me because I've spoken to many Christian leaders, pastors, prophets, teachers, evangelists, even those involved in the highest levels of demonic deliverance ministry and counselling. And many of them say, they say that they don't judge. You know, if a husband leaves his wife, if a wife leaves her husband, if someone's involved in homosexuality, these pastors are saying, I'm not called to judge. I'm called to love them. They're saying, I don't know what's, whether God is, is saying that it's okay to be gay or not. Now, these are very big errors in the church. First of all, Jesus Christ himself commanded us to teach them to obey all of his commandments. Matthew 28, he said, Go into all the world and teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. So those commandments include not sinning. So when someone's sinning, you do need to, in a sense, judge them. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, I am not asking you to judge those who are outside. But he said, and quote, certainly to judge those inside the church. So Paul was very clear that we are to judge those inside the church. Paul said to hand a man over to Satan, to kick him out of the church, to excommunicate him because of sexual immorality. He said anyone who's greedy or sexually immoral, do not associate with them. Do not even eat with them. So what I'm saying is religion is very inclusive, but the kingdom is very divisive. I said it's not exclusive, Everyone is called, but few are chosen. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, but very few do. Jesus said, broad is the path that leads to destruction, and many enter into it, but few find the narrow path. Jesus said, I said, Jesus said that he came to bring the sword. He said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. He said, your own family will be your enemy. See, Religion will allow everybody to come to church. Religion will allow you to sit in church and sin. Religion will allow you to, to be divorced, remarry, be gay, whatever. So you can be gay and Christian, but you cannot be gay in the kingdom of God. So Jesus made it really clear. God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. You will be judged for everything that you do, good and bad. We will be judged for every careless word. And so I have a, a warning for the church, you know. Jesus is the head of the church, number one. He is against the political spirit that would say that man is in charge of the church, that the apostle or that the senior leader is in charge. No. The apostle is, first of all, appointed by God, not self-appointed. Second of all, confirmed with signs and wonders and miracles following them. Paul said, I will show you my proof of being an apostle. It was his chains. It was his back 
being beaten and whipped and, and imprisoned. The scars on his back were the sign of his apostleship. Love and being a father is a sign of apostleship. But just because you have a big church doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean you're even in the kingdom of God. It just means that you've got a good leadership gift. And many of our leaders are operating in the biblical gift of administration or the biblical gift of leadership. It says those who lead, lead diligently. Those who give, give liberally. So many of them are pastors. And they're not all bad. Jesus said, you know, don't stop other people from preaching because if they're not against me, then they're for me. So I rejoice if anyone preaches the gospel, but most gospels aren't the kingdom gospel, as you've heard in previous episodes. So what am I saying? I'm saying that kingdom and religion are diametrically opposed. They're opposites, like communism and capitalism, like communism and democracy. And you have those two governments usually operating in your own mind. And let me help break that wall down by saying one thing. Man did not fall from heaven. God originated in heaven. But man originated on earth. God formed man out of the earth. Dust. So man doesn't belong in heaven. Bear with me here. Man didn't fall from heaven. Satan fell from heaven. Satan was kicked out of heaven and he fell and he can never be redeemed. But you and I were made of the earth, from the earth, for the earth, by God. As in for our domain is the earth. So Psalm 115 says, Heaven is the Lord's, but the earth he has given to man. And Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of God. And he says in Matthew 5, "Those Blessed are those who are humble, who are meek, because they will inherit the earth. So he didn't say blessed are those, blessed are those who are meek because they will inherit heaven. No, because heaven is the Lord's. But the earth he has given to men. Okay? So you are a God-man or woman. You are a, you are a God-breathed spirit, a cr- created copy of God, who was made in the image of God as a copy of God from the earth to remain on the earth as his delegated ambassadors, as his clones, his representatives. So Jesus prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, take this earth and take all the people up to heaven. No. Jesus prayed, Our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So through man. So man's role, man is the citizen of heaven, 
by which heaven is implemented on the earth. So God copied heaven, God copied heaven and it's called earth, but it's, it's in disorder. So God copied himself and it's man. So man is a copy of God and earth is meant to be a copy of heaven. That's why Jesus prayed, on earth as it is in heaven. So our kingdom is a government. Like you can have democracy or capitalism or communism or whatever. I know some of these are ideologies and economic systems, but it's a government. A government has laws. A government has an army. A government has an economy. A government has citizens. A government has enemies. So the kingdom of God has an economy. The kingdom of God has a healthcare system. The kingdom of God has a military. The Bible calls the military of the kingdom of God heaven's hosts. The host of heaven are the angels of heaven. The host of heaven are the army. So what does it look like to be a kingdom citizen? Wouldn't that be easy? Wouldn't it be great if we had a person who we could look to, who would show us perfectly and exactly how to be who we really are? Because as Jesus was, so are we in the world. And we have one. He's called Jesus. So Jesus is a kingdom citizen. He was showing us how to be a kingdom citizen. So when Jesus was held prisoner in front of the Romans, he said, I could call ten legions of angels right now. Why would he call ten legions of angels? Why, why wouldn't he call his friends or his parents or, his, or Peter or James or John? Because they are citizens too. But when the king is in trouble, he doesn't call on the citizens, he calls on the army. And the angels are the army. So when Peter needed to pay his tax, Jesus called upon the kingdom economy. He said, go and pull out the first fish and look in its mouth and there's going to be a coin in there. And the kingdom economy is perfect provision and complete provision. So the coin, Jesus said, would cover both your tax and mine. It was perfect. So the Bible says God shall provide all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. So all your needs are covered in the kingdom of God. If your needs, they are covered. So you don't even need really to ask for them. They will come. And then God shall supply abundantly beyond all of your needs. And those are, include your desires. Health care in the kingdom is free. So when somebody was sick, Jesus laid his hands on them. And as a conduit of heaven, he prayed, Your kingdom come through me on earth as it is in heaven. And so the order of God, the reality of heaven, in fact, I'll put it this way, the citizenship rights are enforced on the earth. So you need to know your citizenship rights. You have a right to every spiritual blessing. You have a right to access the Father. You have a right to health. 
You have a right to eternal life. You have a right to deliverance. You have a right to live a long life. So you have a legal right to enforce your citizenship privileges on the earth for everyone. So you can cast out a demon. You can raise the dead. Because in heaven, nobody ever dies. And in the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. So what I'm saying is God wants the church to be made perfect. And this is not a secret. The church is meant to look like Jesus. The bride without blemish, with every spot and wrinkle wrinkled out, is going to look like Jesus. So she's going to be kingdom-minded. She's going to be humble and lowly of heart. She's going to be serving others. She's going to be loving others. She's going to be laying down her life for her friends. She's going to be built up and perfected in love. So there's a move of God coming to provide the means to that end. There's a move of God here. The kingdom seed is being shaken. The method and medium through which the sons of God are revealed is the shaking. So God is going to once again shake the heavens and the earth, and he already is. And the shaking is going to increase. So imagine someone's shaking a table, and then they keep shaking it more and more violently until everything on the table falls off, and then eventually the table breaks. So God is going to shake and shake and shake. So you're going to see wars and rumors of wars and tribulations, but the end has not yet come. Israel is going to release its military force on the earth very shortly. It's going to happen this year, this week, next week. You're going to see the enemies of Israel are going to get it. They're going to get a shock and awe campaign. They're going to get a lot of weapons dropped on them. They're going to, you're going to see bombs everywhere along around the Middle East. Syria, Lebanon, Turkey, maybe even Greece. I know they're not part of the Middle East. But Israel is not going to hold back. There's, I can feel it. Something's going on where they have had enough and they are going to blow up their enemy. And America's not going to stop them. I don't know when, but it's like this year, I think, imminently, and early next year. So, it's who you are. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Now, an ambassador has access to all of the government. The, the ambassador has a red-hot phone direct to the king. The ambassador can call for any amount of support that he needs. He doesn't usually have that much support on the ground, but he represents the government itself. So if an ambassador is walking along the street in a foreign nation, and we are in a foreign nation, we're foreigners on this earth, can you start to get it now? So you are pilgrims and strangers on the earth because your citizenship is, is in heaven, right? Right? Because your Father is in heaven and your sons of God. 
but he made you for the earth. And we know that the new Jerusalem will be on earth. So God is going to walk with us on the earth for eternity, and we're going to be living down here together. Heaven and earth are going to become one. But in the meantime, we're meant to make earth look as much like heaven as we possibly can. So if an ambassador is walking down the street in a foreign nation, and he gets arrested by the foreign nation's government, then there's going to be a diplomatic emergency. The the, the the government behind the ambassador will invade if they have to. It'll, it'll probably start off with a negotiation. But if that ambassador needs money, money will come. If that ambassador needs weapons, weapons will come. If England's ambassador was in Australia and we started to beat him and, and, and mistreat him, England would ultimately invade. They would come here and collect him by force if needed to be. Even citizenship is very powerful. Look at the news and you see somebody lost out at sea. They don't check if he was a member of parliament. They don't check if he paid his taxes. If somebody from your country is lost out at sea, the government will send a rescue boat and they will spend $300,000 on a rescue effort. They'll send helicopters, they'll send the lifeguards, they'll send the, the, the coast guards, they will take you to hospital, and you will not pay a cent because you're a citizen. If you are an Australian citizen and you're stranded in Bali, you have an embassy. In the kingdom of God, the church is the embassy. So if you're in Cambodia and you lose your Australian passport or you lose your Australian dollars or the government in Cambodia starts to derail and close the borders, you run to your nearest embassy. You go to the Australian embassy and they recognize your accent. They recognize your passport. And even if you don't have a passport, they'll find you on the database. And you and I have a passport. He's called the Holy Spirit. We have a language. It's called tongues. We have a citizenship. It's called sons of God. And the embassy of God is your local church. So you run to your embassy for equipping. You run to your embassy for diplomatic training. You run to your embassy for, for, for support, but you yourself are on the ground. The ambassador doesn't stay in the embassy. The ambassador goes into the city and does deals. The ambassador goes into the foreign government and has meetings. The ambassador negotiates for the advancement of the interests of their country. You often hear America talking about her interests. At the end of the day, the ambassador for America is in Australia for the one purpose of advancing the interests of America. There's no secrecy about that. The Australian ambassador to America is over there in Washington for the advancement of Australia's interests. And so you should have no fear or embarrassment as a citizen of the kingdom of God, as an ambassador of Jesus, with the ministry of reconciliation, you should have no 
hesitation to advance the interests of our government. The interest of our government is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. The interest of our government is every man, woman and child born again. The interest of our government is the sick being healed, the dead being raised. The interest of our government is Isaiah 58. This is the fast that I've called for you. It's to loose the chains of injustice. It's to break bonds. It's to set people free. It's to feed the hungry. It's to clothe the naked. This is why you are a citizen of heaven. This is why you are a good soldier in Christ. This is why you lay down your life for your friends. This is why you don't need to worry about what you will eat or what you will drink or what you will wear. This is why you need to go to church and tithe and be part of an embassy of God community. This is why you need to preach the gospel. This is why you need to repent. And this is why the message of the kingdom of God must be preached to the ends of the earth so that Jesus Christ can come back. He said that the end of the world will be like the days of Noah. The days of Noah, Jesus said, was when the rain, the, when the ark was finished, the rain came. I said when the ark was finished, the rain came. So we are waiting for the ark to be finished. We are waiting for the last people to hear the good news of the kingdom of God. But we have not yet preached the message of the kingdom of God. We've preached the prosperity message. We've preached the healing message. We've preached the church growth message. We've preached salvation. We've preached hell. We have not yet preached the kingdom of God. And that's why most people don't listen to my podcast because, let me say, he who has the ears to hear, let him hear. But I'm excited because this kingdom seed becomes the biggest tree in the garden. I'm watching it now. I can see it manifesting in my own life. It's growing and growing and growing. It's taking over more and more territory. It's exposing the devil. The devil's manifesting. There's, there's restoration and order coming. But don't be surprised when you suffer persecution. Don't be surprised if you start to seek first the kingdom, persecutions come. The Bible says if we suffer with him, we will also reign with him. So don't be surprised just because you come out and start seeking God doesn't mean everything's going to be hunky-dory. You know, your, 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 your family members may turn against you. You know, the, the demons in them will manifest because of the fire of your God. The demons will not be able to remain silent in your presence because you are holy ground. You are the court of heaven. You are the court of heaven. You don't have to go to the courts of heaven to pray. You are the court of heaven. That's why Jesus said, whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. Jesus said, I give you authority to cast out demons. Jesus said, I give you authority to forgive sins. Don't you think that you need to be in the court of heaven to forgive sins?
don't you think we need to go to God himself? Well, you are God himself, Jesus said. <laughs> yeah, he said it many, many ways. He said, as the Father sent me, I'm sending you. He said in John chapter 10, did I not say that you are Elohim? Quoting Psalm 82. He said, Father, I pray that they would be one as we are one. In fact, he said, Father, I pray that the same glory that you, Father, and I, Jesus, had in the beginning, that you would give them that glory. Jesus said, if you have the faith of God, you will say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. So, in Genesis chapter 1, 2 and 3, Jesus, the Father said, you know, I made you in my image and in my likeness. In other words, you are God on the earth. Little g. Now, I'm not saying that you and I are omniscient, omnipresent, or omnipotent. I'm not saying that you and I have any sort of innate holiness or power of our own. But Jesus Christ is the light of men. And Jesus Christ is the hope of glory in me. So I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am literally, biblically, the body of Christ. So I am, for all intents and purposes, God on the earth. I am God in the flesh. Because God is the church. Jesus Christ said the church and Paul said the church is my is his body. He's the head and we are the body. So for all intents and purposes, you are his representatives, his sons, his children. In fact, the Bible says that that if you yeah, suffer with him, you will rule with him, you'll reign with him. Jesus said, if you overcome, you will sit with me on my throne. Paul said that Jesus is the firstborn of many brethren. The Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ. Co-heirs. Everything in the kingdom. I know this is offending your mind, but it's religion that's holding you back. The secret to the kingdom of God is that you are God on the earth. Not the God, capital G. But you are the sons of God, you are the body of Christ, you are as if God was on the earth. Little g. And until you and I walk in that, until you and I believe that and accept that, we are going to be limited by religion. We are going to be limited in our minds. At the end of the day, Jesus was crucified for making himself to be like God. Remember, the entire battle from Genesis to Revelation is the devil fighting against this one truth that man is like God. God said in Genesis, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. In other words, like God. Let us make man like God. Angels weren't like God. Nobody was like God. And the devil was jealous. And he fought against that. 
So in Genesis, we see Adam and Eve, who are made in the image of God, who are like God. We see that the devil comes to contest their godlikeness. Immediately, he says to them, If you want to be like God, you need to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So he was already contesting their likeness to God. Skip forward, Jesus is being tempted in the desert by the devil. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Again, the devil is contesting this idea of God-likeness. If you look at many of the letters in the New Testament... You know, Peter said, it's godliness. Uh, Peter said, where is it? Just one sec. He, he said that his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of, our, of him who called us by his own glory and, good, and goodness. So another version says, His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. So we, again, are like God. And Jesus was tested in the, in the, in the garden, in the desert. And the devil said, If you are like God, if you are the Son of God. And then the Pharisees crucified him. Why? Why did they rip their clothes? Because he made himself to be like God. He said, before Abraham was, I am. That is the reason he got killed. And today, the reason I say all of this is because today, the Antichrist spirit is afraid of you finding out that you are like God. The church doesn't know that you are like God. If the church knew that you were like God, it would release you. It would send you, it would equip you, it would father you. But unfortunately, the Antichrist spirit, the agenda of religion, has kept you outside of this amazing and simple and blatantly obvious revelation. Paul says it, you are seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. All things are yours, things present and things to come. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are the head and not the tail. So you are like God. And I say it almost provocatively in my book, God Men. Subtitle, Copies of God. Enforcing the copy of heaven on earth. That's a good title, hey? Copies of God. Enforcing the copy of heaven on earth. You are so powerful. 1 John says you need no one to teach you. You are so powerful. 1 John says you won't sin. He says if you are born of God, you cannot sin. I'm, it's in the Bible. Don't blame me. I'm telling you, you are more like God than you want to be. 
you are your your greatest concern is how incredibly like God you are. And when you have your eyes open to this scripture, you're going to realize that the Bible is full of these scriptures. Hebrews chapter 2, In bringing many sons to glory, glory, it was fitting for God, for whom and through whom is everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect by what he suffered. 2 Timothy 2, If we endure with him, we will also reign with him. Romans 8.17, Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Psalm 17.15, As for me, I will be vindicated, and I will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. So it's really clear, <laughs> I mean, even Jesus, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Isn't that incredible? The religious people would try and, and make you the vehicle. They would try to make you the raw materials for their product, not realizing that you are the product, you are the business, you are the end. The Sabbath was for man, not man for the Sabbath. And unfortunately, Christians exist for the church, whereas the church really exists for the Christians to, to father them and, and, and build them up and send them out. And when we have a powerful church, we don't have control over one another. You see, in the kingdom of God, the only government is self-government. It's not disorder, it's order. Because when everyone's led by the Spirit, then everything is done in order. And God does have a structure and a leadership, and it's not all, it's not all kumbaya. But we don't have to control people. And so I release you, church, to be a God-man today. I release you to walk on deadly snakes and scorpions, and they shall by no means harm you. I release you to prosper and to be in health as your soul prospers. So I want you to agree with me today that the kingdom of God is at hand. Can you say that? The kingdom of God is at hand. What does that mean? That is a big affront to the devil. When you understand the kingdom, you will understand that it is never later that it is always now. Jesus said, if I heal by the finger of God, then the kingdom of heaven has come to you. So the kingdom is, by, is with power. The kingdom is not in wise-sounding words, but in power. It's in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. You know, if someone has a form of godliness but denies its power, Paul says to run from them. So you need to seek first the kingdom, and you need to manifest the kingdom of God. I want you to believe me that the kingdom is a government, that the kingdom is at hand. Never believe anything that says that the kingdom is coming later, because Jesus said the kingdom has come. I also want you to preach repentance. 
I want you to challenge people to believe the word of God and when they don't to shake off the dust from your feet. You and I are not responsible to change their minds. You and I are responsible to communicate the good news of the kingdom of God. You and I need to tell them the message of the kingdom. What they do with it is up to them. If you get persecuted, then you are blessed. So don't worry about their response. Worry about your words. You need to begin to enforce the kingdom. So where you see injustice, you bring justice. Where you see disorder, you bring order. Where you see sickness, you bring health. And you do it by agreeing with the word of God. Anything that is not in line with the word of God, you are authorized to change. Paul said, we take every thought captive, being ready to punish every act of disobedience. So anything that doesn't align with Scripture, you are responsible to change. And you do it through prayer. You do it in the Spirit. And sometimes, of course, you do it in, with real words and with real life actions. And I also want you to... Just continue to walk in love and remember that you are to be just like Jesus on the earth. He is your example. You need to weed out of your mind religion. You need to weed out of your mind politics. You need to understand that the Bible says that the kingdom is at hand. Anything that says the kingdom is delayed or coming later is not from God. Realize that there is an antichrist spirit it is contesting your godliness. The spirit that is in the world at the moment, it is contesting your godliness. It's wanting people to be a product. It's wanting people to stay home and wear masks and all this sort of stuff. And I'm not saying not to follow the government. I'm just saying don't, don't be shut down in the revelation that you are a son of God, made in the image of God, and you are being revealed in the earth. Hey guys, this is a supplementary teaching attached to the end of the episode. I felt God heard your cry and said, you know, this is too hard, but you know, how do I do this? Listen, you are an invisible, beautiful spirit that is wrapped in a body. You look exactly like Jesus to God in the Spirit. But your soul is being saved. So daily you need salvation, deliverance, a change of thinking. Your mind is being renewed by the washing of the water of the Word. You're commanded to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. You're encouraged to approach the throne of grace with confidence. What I'm saying is live in the Spirit. Believe in the Spirit. Speak from the Spirit realm. But be willing to live in the process. You need to be able to live with paradox. You need to believe that you're healed. You need to live as the victor. You need to see yourself as the lender and not the borrower, even when your circumstances seem 
to say the opposite. You need to live with truth and then higher truth. You need to be able to be in the world, but not of the world. So God is saying, this is impossible. This Christian life is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. And he has a river for you. Say river. He has a river for you. And you want to get lost in that river. You know, but it's so hard to let go. It's like a white water rapid with God. The Holy Spirit blows where he pleases. And we don't know where he's going. Jesus said the Holy Spirit is like the wind. And so are those who are born of the Spirit. So, really, you get unhinged from your life. I mean, really, you and I need to let go of our lives. What I'm saying is, I'm trying to help you here, and God's helping you by saying, it actually comes by yielding. And it's a picture of lying down, in the rapids and letting God take you down the river, you know, with your eyes closed, you know, trusting him that your head is going to come up for air, that you're not going to be crushed by any rocks or sticks or stones. It's saying yes to a supernatural life. It's trusting him. When, when I, this is a true story. When I was at university, I had been on medication to help me to study at high school. I got born again in the last nine months of high school. And I became, I went from an F student to an A student immediately overnight. But I was still on my medication. And at university, I went off my medication because God said I was healed and the doctors said that I didn't need it. Very important process and a painful process and a lot of overcoming a lot of self-doubt and a lot of uh, things that I had been told that were a form of truth, but they weren't the highest truth. My point is I spent hours, I mean four or five hours, six hours a day reading the Bible and in the back of my mind, I was being harassed. Why aren't you studying? You're not being responsible. You're going to fail. You know, you're going to have to pay $20,000 to do another year of university. My parents would come in and check on me if I was studying. And I never was. I swear to God, I went into multiple choice uh, exams and circled the answers that the Holy Spirit told me to without having really even read the question and getting above 80%. I got distinctions for every subject in my final semester of university when I was studying the Bible. My teacher said we were the best class that he had had in 20 years. He invited me back for honours. I argued, you see, this is what God told me in economics. He said, you, Jonathan, I want you to write the exam as though you're the authority. 
He said, don't read any books. He said, you write the answer to the essay as though you're writing the textbook. And I did, as I said, I did really well. I argued in, in human behavior and organizational development and, and HR, the, the area that I got invited back to, even though I studied marketing. I argued that I was a group as myself. I argued that I myself was a group because I had a relationship with God and I got a distinction. I may have even got a high distinction. I'm not telling you not to be responsible. I'm telling you that I obeyed God. I, I was unable to study. You know, and this, you know, this coronavirus, I've had... I've I'm a, I've been unable in my own strength. It has been impossible, very concerning for me to pay a lot of my rent. But I paid all of my rent, all of my bills. My debts were cancelled. Other people paid my bills. I had two people outside of family who just offered to give me money because God told them. After paying my bills, after paying my tax, after paying my tithes and offerings, after giving money away, after after everything, I had two thousand dollars extra. You know, I was I was meant to have thousands in 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 deficit, and the money keeps coming in because I live I I've exited the debt system. I don't operate. I will not play according to the devil's rules. I exit the debt system the moment I tithe. Oh my God, I, it hasn't hurt me to tithe like it hurt me this month. You know, my dad was helping me with my books and, oh man, he's like, you, he's like, you can't afford to tithe. I'm like, uh, um, um, <laughs> yeah. So I gave hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars in tithes and offerings this month. Four, five hundred some weeks. You know, but I'm tithing. I'm, I'm exponentially increasing in God. And my, the moment I tithe, even though I don't even go to my church because it's all shut down, but I tithe and I am exiting the debt system. I am in God's economy now. The 90% is untouchable by the devil. So what I'm saying is you need to live by the Spirit. You need to obey God immediately. You might have planned to do your taxes. You know, part of the story of that $2,000 was, you know, there were days where God said, quickly do your tax. You know, quickly ring, ring the government and register yourself for this particular benefit. And I rang and I got the guy, I got like the, the resolutions guy who pushed my case to the top and gave me money I didn't even know I deserved. And it was five o'clock and he was meant to go home and it was like God said, you've got to ring the government before five o'clock. And I got through at like 4.58 p.m. So what I'm saying is it's a narrow road. God has... Your miracle is is through the eye of a needle, and you can never fit through it. I know that I'm sort of using an analogy here. Jesus was talking about the rich man, but what I'm trying to tell you is you and I are, 
it is rigged down here. And I don't mean in our favor. I mean, the God of this age is the devil. And he is pulling the strings in the debt system, in the government, in the media, in the health system. So you can't play by his rules. You can't be a nice guy. You've got to treat the devil with an attitude. And what I'm saying is you can't do this, what I just said in this episode, on your own. You need to give up. You need to put all your bets on the kingdom of God. You need to allow God to to show you the narrow way. In your finances, he'll tell you to give money away that you don't have. In your prayer life, he'll tell you to pray for your enemies. He'll put a burden on your heart to ask for things that you don't think you deserve. But each time you obey him, he is opening up a doorway into a reality that you cannot achieve in the natural. It's like you're in a labyrinth and the only way out is a miracle. You can't get out of a labyrinth. There is no way out. But God has a way out. He will make a door under a brick. The way out will be a miracle. It'll be like water from a rock. It'll be like holding up a snake and being healed by looking at it. It'll be like walking on the water. It'll be like a virgin birth. Come on, guys. Your miracle is on the other side of your faith. So what I'm saying is this is a faith life, and it is an exciting life. But really, you can't achieve this in the flesh, so you might as well give up. You know, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And if you humble yourself before God, the Bible says that he will lift you up in due season. So don't defend yourself. Don't promote yourself. You know, don't even ask really for what you need. <clears throat> I know Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, but I believe that he's talking about the kingdom. If you have a look at those scriptures, he's saying that it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Ask for the kingdom and you'll get all you need. Ask, knock for the kingdom and you'll get all your doors open. You know, he, he's not saying, you know, he's not saying ask for a BMW, which I have done a lot. <laughs> but he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and you'll find it. So I'm just trying to help you here. What God's saying is, you're going to find, you're going to need to be, comfortable living with resistance you're going to have to be comfortable living with discrepancy and delay and you're going to have to become comfortable not with delay but but with paradox you've got to be looking for god's way out you've got to be looking for god's door so this is the way it's going to work the holy spirit is going to rise up inside of your spirit that is your responsibility to be led by the spirit of god to obey the voice of god so you obey the voice of god by praying you obey the voice of god by sowing you obey the voice of god by waiting having done all you stand paul said continue to stand put on the armor of god and stand pray and stand take up the sword and stand so as the holy spirit rises up 
you will find that there will be resistance. There will be resistance in your flesh. There will be resistance in your mind, in your soul, that is, your mind, your will, and your emotions. There will be resistance in the demonic realm. But listen, today, Emma Stark said on a Catch the Fire Toronto message, the devil is your slave and you're his jailer. And it's so true. If all authority has been given to you, then the devil has no authority. And Jesus made a public spectacle of him. <clears throat> so as you submit to God, the devil flees. So again, there's this pattern of letting go to God, yielding to God, giving in to God. As you do that, your spirit will rise up and you will say really wild things. You'll say really wild things like, this mountain must be cast into the sea. You're going to say really wild things like, my whole family is saved. Like, my debts are paid. Like, I'm the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower. Like, I closed down the Antichrist government in Victoria. <clears throat> you know, and I make things like abortion illegal and, and gambling illegal in Victoria. And, and these things, and homosexuality illegal in Victoria, again. But that's the will of God. So what I'm saying is principalities and powers will resist you. <clears throat> Your family will resist you. But we don't fight against people. We love people. But remember, the kingdom brings a sword. So I just want to encourage those who want to come, up, come against me. Even now I know you're listening because I said Ill illegal. The Holy Spirit said that homosexuality is a sin because the Bible is God-breathed. And if you look at, you know, that, you know, Kane West and that rugby player and Danny Nalia, God defends those who are his. And if you, I stand up for truth, I stand up for righteousness. So you can be gay, that's fine. You can be Christian and gay, but you will not be gay and Christian in the kingdom of God. Because the Bible says that anyone who is sexually immoral cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So that's fine. You can be a Christian and gay but you cannot be in the kingdom and gay. And so if you stand up for the truth, there will be pushback in the natural. There'll be pushback from your own soul because your mind, will, and emotions doesn't want to be suffering, doesn't want to be persecuted. You know, your mind may want to be a people pleaser and be politically correct, but the spirit in you says, I will defend you Speak the truth. Speak the truth in love. But it's not love to, to tell people that they're not on fire when they are. And so you're also going to encounter resistance in the spiritual realm. So learn to identify those demonic forces and curse them. You have the power over all of the power of the enemy. You have the authority. So you can shut it down. So whether it happens now or in a year's time, 
I declare abortion is illegal in Victoria. I declare gambling the uh, gambling is illegal in Victoria. I come against the Daniel Andrews Antichrist government and the political spirit, and I declare you are out. The writing has been written. I know Daniel Andrews is a good man, and I bless and pray for my government, but the agenda has been made visible. Our Constitution says that we have the right to worship and religious freedoms, and they are coming back to Victoria. And we are going to buy the casinos. And we're going, to, we're going to open the churches and turn them into churches. And Melbourne Airport's going to have to expand for the number of people who are going to come to Melbourne for the power of God. Hey guys, just wanted to invite you into all parts of our community here in Melbourne, Australia. You can join the Melbourne Underground Church if you are local. That's melbourneundergroundchurch.com. The church is in your home. The church is the city of God. The city is the church. And we're going to take it by force. You can also subscribe to Kingdom Dynamics Podcast or watch Impartation Services, where the Holy Spirit and angels will enter your room and impart heaven to you. And that's gloryservices.tv.